Tuna Boot. Hello and welcome to the third episode of Tuna Boot. I'm Dougal. I'm Liam. Jim. (laughs) (laughs) At Tuna Boot we choose three different tracks each week um, and then we discuss our tracks and we pick our favourites. Jim? That's right Dougal, yes we do. And also we will have... (laughs) No, and also that is what we do and we have a great time doing it. Thanks Dougal. Also, we have our playlists on Spotify and Apple Music. If you just search Tunaboot, you can find them, but also find the links in the description. Please like us on Facebook. That would help us out a great deal. We'll get around to the Twitter and the Instagram. It's still irking us somewhat, isn't it, lads? <laughs> Aye. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, if you could... <laughs> we're not doing well with that. <laughs> Don't laugh. No, no, three, no we're not. Three, three episodes worth. We still not got Twitter and Instagram set up. No. Well, well, we, we have it, them. but we can't. We yeah. can't link it up, and you can't be. But do you care? I'm, I'm sure you don't. Anyway, nah, Facebook's fine. Yeah, Facebook's, Facebook's the way forward. Facebook's grand. It doesn't judge you. Well, it's <laughs> you know looking at your pictures and finding out your passwords and everything. It doesn't mind. It's great. It's good. <laughs> All right. So the final bit I'd like to say is just very quickly. If whatever you're listening to, oh, say that again. That was pish. Final thing I'll say very quickly is. <laughs> And no matter what you're listening to this podcast on, if you could please just give us a, a wee shitty fucking nun. If you could please subscribe, that would help us out a great deal. We'd really appreciate it. But if not, simply thanks for listening. Over to you, Liam. Yeah, so in light of the uh, events that are transpiring currently throughout the world, uh, the Black Lives Matter protests and the waves that are, have been felt throughout the music industries, hashtag fuck the Grammys, we've decided to celebrate black artists that have influenced our tastes this week on Tunabit. Yes, indeed. What are the tracks, Liam? This week in Tunaboot, the tunes are To Be Loved Without a Border by E.J. Hervey, One Step Ahead by Cecile McLaurin-Salvant, <laughs> I Still Believe by Leela James, My Love by M-A-G-S or Mags, After the Storm featuring Tyler the Creator and Bootsy Collins by Caliucci's, Final Days by Michael Kawanuka, My Lover's Prayer by Otis Redden, My World is Empty Without You by The Supremes and Hellhound on My Trail by Robert Johnson. It's a very good mix of tunes this week, I think. Also, one more point before we start. I realised I said the word sonically a lot last week. So if I say the word sonically this week, can one of you just put your hand up? What I'm going to do is every time you say the word sonically, I'm just going to repeat it after you and I'm going to keep them all in. That could work. That could work. <laughs> can you play five seconds from the Sonic the Hedgehog theme track after it as well? <laughs> no, I, said it like eight, I said it about five times last week. I've been noticing like stuff that I say all the time as well. Wild. I like that one. I, that's great. I love it. Yeah. I was like, there was there was describing words that I realised that I've said it in both episodes multiple <laughs> times, and I was just like, I had to improve my vocabulary. So I wrote down different adjectives to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. Um, Dougal's been saying he's not on the podcast, but he's been saying he's been saying diminishing returns and poison chalice a lot recently. <laughs> 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 By recently, I mean more than once. But that's interesting. I don't know why. Yeah, you said poison chalice. Tw- you've only said it twice in the last month. Uh, but you said diminished returns like three times in one week, uh, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've been waiting just, for you to say it again. I've just been, I've been up my arse into like Greek plays and shit like that. They might have that sort of. They have the poison chalice anyway. That idea comes yeah. up quite a lot. That was my everything was beautiful. It's just like, oh, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> ah, it's beautiful. 
Well, that's going to come up quite a lot in a music. Yeah, and also, I, I like those two scenes. I love them. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I want to bring them back. Stunning, stunning. That was that was my word. Stunning. Yeah. <laughs> Have you just got a piece of paper with like stunning underlined? Good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we could get a bingo chart made for the next time. Oh. We should do an episode where we do a drinking game, but every time we say a word that we say a lot, well, we have to edit it, mate. That, I know, that'd be fun. That'd <laughs> yeah. be good fun. On you go, then. Well, I just go in. People usually ask. Sorry, I was waiting, for, I was waiting to be asked what my first try was. Well, we can mix I don't it up have independent st- thought, Liam. Come on. We can mix it up instead of going, what are your tracks today? We could go... You try another intro, like yeah. okay. So, have you got any ideas for another intro? What's um, been tracking? What's been tracking? Well, definitely not that. Um, <laughs> so, Dougal, what's been tracking? <laughs> well, you can yeah, try that if you want. Yeah, okay. Or go on, Dougal. <clears throat> That's a good one. Or, track uh, us up. It's, it's <laughs> track us <laughs> up. <laughs> Get a tracksuit on and tell us what's going on in the song, which is number one on your track list. Fuck me, this is pish. So Ricky my whack, Dougal, give us your first track. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Wickedy whack. Right, shut up. I'll just go for it. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck you all. My first track this week Diggle. is. What's your first track? Don't you do this to me. <laughs> We're not doing this again. Dish it out, but as sure as hell can't fucking take it. Right, wait. I've got first it. track. I've got it. To be loved without a border. By E.J. Harvey, that was your first one this week, wasn't it, Dougal? Um, yeah, yeah, it was. Brilliant, talk about it. Thanks, man. Can I just steal a man's intro? Yeah, I can. Just did it. You can do sorry, it, yeah. Mate, um, honestly, I'm really sorry. No, I'm, right, my, right, we'll go back to the my, original. Right, Dougal, oh, what's your gosh, first track, yeah. mate? Wickety-whack, Dougal, what's your first track? No, not that. Dougal, right, what's your first track, mate? <laughs> you know, my first track this week is E.J. Harvey, To Be Loved Without a Border. Yeah, it's a good, it's a really good song. It's really, I mean, the guy has just over a thousand listeners on spotify and stuff so he's fairly new he's only been going for a couple of years and um, he describes himself as a multi-instrumentalist from florida who is uh, a singer slash songwriter slash arranger i think that's quite clear in his tracks he likes to uh, like he writes all the music and sort of arranges it together and makes it sound really nice i think it's his musicianship is what sold me on him and um, a lot of his other tracks as well when i was listening to him he's got a nice voice but that's not my favorite part of his songs it's the musicianship behind it and all the different parts that sort of add together to create this i think i like that he's just quite raw in how he sounds it's all raw and just quite simple as well it's just got a really nice sort of soulful element to it and then it builds up and sounds really nice. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. What do you guys I, think of it? I definitely agree. I've, I, I wrote three words. I wrote beautiful, passionate, balanced. Mm. That was it. I think it is the whole arrangement thing of it. But I just felt that sense of instruments complementing each other beautifully. And I liked the fact that it was behind one man's singular vision. Yeah. And it was executed well. It's not, not showy. It's great. Good time. Yeah, no, I didn't know um, how to describe what I thought about the song. I kind of, I kind of, I mean, I just plain and simple. I loved it. Like it's, it's. But I was trying to describe the actual feeling that I got from it, and I just couldn't, I couldn't work that out. I took a stab at it, if you want. I described it as like a really nice bath. Like you just a go really into nice it, bath. and you're like just comfortable, and there's like some bubbles around you, and you're just like you maybe got a few candles, and it's dark, and it's just that <laughs> right temperature, and you're mm-hmm. just sort of lying there, and you can just sort of peacefully sort of drift for a while. That's what, that's mm-hmm. what it sounds like to me. 
Uh, I totally agree with you, man. Honestly, very sensual mm-hmm. experience. Don't mind admitting it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you. Like, I didn't. I almost kind of got a father son kind of feel to it. Yeah, a wee bit with the sort of more acoustic-y element. I mean, if you listen to any yeah. Father Son's new acoustic releases that they've put I out... I listen to acoustic stuff, no. Yes, definitely, from that sort of yeah. thing. It's got a similar vibe, but I suppose just simple, joyous to listen to music, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, a, it's it's a good listen. It makes your ears feel good, I think. I don't know. Well, that's, that's one <laughs> of the... The bass is a better the, thing than that. It makes your the, ears the one feel the... good. When I, when I finally tried to kind of describe exactly what i felt uh, about a specific part anyway was the drums kicking in made me feel feelings we are nailing this I, musical I, <laughs> podcast no because right yeah i i totally i totally get what you mean by that when the drums kick i got some gooses going on i was having a great yeah. time yeah <laughs> <laughs> got some we're articulate aren't we <laughs> Fuck goosebumps me. for if you if you keep that in gooses or goosebumps. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm gooses is staying in. Absolutely. <laughs> Sweet, yeah, no, it's a it's a good song. Yeah. And the guys the guys really new and I think he's trying to still put himself out there and all that, so go yeah. on to his Spotify page and give him a like and give him a listen. He's under a thousand listens for most of his shit, so if we can give them an R ten. Oh, I love this song. It was good. I really enjoyed it. To go. What was track numero de? Track track number two there was uh, Cecile McLaurin Salvant with uh, One Step Ahead. She's um, studied classical music earlier on in her when she was really young and studied classical singing and classical music and went on to sort of record and re-record unique representations of little recorded jazz music. Um, but I think her studying of classical music comes through in her tracks because her vocals are perfect and ter- technically they are perfect like she does not put a beat wrong when she sings it's um just That's unbelievable the sound yeah, that she makes it's like it's just it's so it's just on point if you had like the the notes and the if you were reading the sheet music as you, she was singing it would be absolutely bang on every time it's a really interesting song like i say most of what she does is uh records scarcely known jazz music this isn't scarcely known but it's an aretha franklin song that she recorded this is originally aretha franklin having listened to her version they are so different like and the infusion of sort of jazz that uh, the more jazzy elements that cecile puts into this is awesome yeah my little thing is that i i do love jazz like i'm actually i'm quite a big lover of jazz music i think it's so interesting and fascinating and all the little the sort of offbeat rhythms that go on so it's all sort of the music in the background opposes sort of juxtaposes the uh singing that's going on but works together to create music that's just so fascinating to listen to i love it i love jazz i know i don't want to court controversy by going out on a limb and saying i like jazz this is jazz done well as well it's not screeching horn yeah i mean uh, well first of all jazz is brilliant and second of all uh, yeah jazz done good this time that was not a sentence, sorry. <laughs> that, jazz done good. You wanted to say that jazz was stunning, didn't you? <laughs> I did want to say stunning, but I didn't want to It was wild say... how stunning that jazz was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a really interesting, technically proficient and really catchy song. I I adore it. What did you guys think? Well, it was, it was quite interesting because I didn't know this was an Aretha Franklin song. But I listened to this song and I actually listened to a couple other ones after I listened to this. 
and it does she's got a sound that could have been recorded back with like Aretha Franklin and all that you can hear what you were saying about the whole the, the whole, her technique and all that is just perfect I mean, she's just on point with absolutely everything and it does it just sounds amazing and to think that people can still make that kind of sound in this kind of day and age is mm-hmm. amazing I love it yeah I, yeah I didn't like this one um not, not because I didn't respect it. I thought her voice was, like, the first thing I said was the voice is so distinct and amazing. But it's just because I don't have an ear for this kind of music because I don't like this kind of music. Can't say it's bad, but it just felt to me very lounge music, very background stuff. And I tried to listen to it and it just didn't didn't grab me. Didn't hear it, didn't think it was bad. That's just It's just on a personal level. Because I've always had a problem with jazz. I've never liked it. I've never, I've just... I yeah I I totally disagree with you on the background lounge music. I get what you mm. mean because it's got a similar sound, but I don't think this is it. And in fact, I add in my notes that this is how to do a cover. Like this song, I to me displays how you should actually cover a song because it puts its own spin on something and creates something that is respectful to the original, but covers it, it adds the unique talent of the artist that's covering it to create something that is independent from the original as much as it pays homage to it. And I think that's no, absolutely. I think that's, that's what this I just, does. I just, just didn't like it. Fair enough. Well, that's fine. I I just got bored, but it's because I don't like that kind of stuff. That's just all it is. Nah, that's fair. I, I can't say it's bad because I'm not saying it is bad. And her voice was ace, like amazing. Yeah, but she's got. Just, a very, she's a very accomplished singer, I think. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it was just because it was perhaps it was maybe just it was too technically efficient. I didn't feel anything else in it. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't like it. I can't like it because I like Noel. You know what I mean? I can't like it. I don't know good music. <laughs> I like shit. You know, yeah. like you know, have have fucking a Michelin star chef cook you a beef Wellington. No, I want chicken nuggets. You know what I'm saying? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? Perfect analogy of being a Noel fan. <laughs> I love chicken nuggets. <laughs> we all love chicken nuggets. I think we can all say that now. We all like chicken yeah. nuggets. We love chicken nuggets. We might like differ on our opinions in music, but if this was a chicken nuggets podcast, we would all be on board. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's it is interesting that, and it, I always like it's horrible. And there's no like you, it's like it doesn't bring you any pleasure to say you don't like something that the other two really like. It brings you no pleasure whatsoever. But you can't you kind of do have to be honest about it. But. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's bound to happen in a week where we have, what, six or seven different genres going about in the songs, you know? There's a lot, there's very big range going on this week, so it was bound to happen that something might not be to your taste. And I, I don't even really like one of mine <laughs> as much as I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like it, I do love it, but <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <laughs> if you want to listen to that, just carry on listening. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's brilliant when... It's brilliant when one of the tuna boot picks that uh, we're suggesting that you listen to is a song that the person suggesting doesn't even like. No, I do like it. I do love it, but we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> follow, follow our fucking playlist. It's full of hot garbage. <laughs> like this fucking fridge. Tuna boot. Track number three. Hit us with it, you sticky wicket. Thanks, man. Track number three is Leela James. I still believe it's. I mean, it's Leela James and the Truth Band. They were involved in it. I don't know who the Truth Band is. I focused on Leela James. She calls herself a soul singer who does a mix of funk, R and B, soul, and gospel. A lot of what she tries to do, she she actively is trying to fight the decline of hip hop and soul, is what it said. Which I kind of get because there's a lot of tracks that 
you know, in the, I think, 90s, early 2000s, maybe, hip-hop and that sort of stuff was all about 80s, even, with Sugar Hill Gang and all that going on. And there has been a decline where you don't hear it as much, maybe on the mainstream stage, if you like, anymore. So she tries to, she actively tries to go against that. She's influenced by the likes of James Brown, Roberta Flack, and Gladys Knight. And her rich vocals draw comparisons with Aretha Franklin. It sounds like you're reading this. Yeah. I well, yes. What I'm doing <laughs> is you're also I'm... taking my job, genre man. <laughs> Sorry, which is fine, uh, by the way. Obviously, I don't have a don't have a problem with that. But it does sound like you're just reading something from the bio. Anyway, you can you can cut a lot of that shit out because that is what I found on a Wikipedia page and transferred into my own words. And that's cool. No, I'm keeping this entire thing in. Excellent. Even That's this fine. bit. Yeah! Even that. <laughs> Special that bit. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Dougal. Yeah, I think I think this is a I think this is a really good track as well. Obviously, um, I think she's got a really nice voice. It's quite. It's got this bit of husk in it, which I really like in soulful mm-hmm. singers. See Macy Gray, who's one of the greatest of all time. I like the music that's going on in the background, but once again, I think it's her vocals that are really gorgeous in this, and like you've got that huskiness. You can see, uh, you can't see, but you can hear the funk coming through as well. And yeah, her yeah, it's are just, incredible. it's really, yeah, it's got this really deep sort of bassy element to it as well. The voice, which I really like. I wrote uh, in my notes, I wrote that I could see the music video for this, and it's very nineties. Like when I was listening to it, I was mm-hmm. picturing a music video, and it was nineties. She was totally on a cloud singing like that and like moving her hand out and doing power grabs 90s (laughs) so Um, what do you think when the kind of intro started i thought we were going to get a kind of almost something like the foals or taming power i feel that this song's just got a heavy rock kind of vibe to it we're really taking the genres away from jim this week aren't we you don't want to become gimmicky it's a shame in two weeks you've had a theme tune both weeks, but that's all right. <laughs> oh, you better not pull that shit. Oh, I know you are going to do it again, so I'm, just, I'm ready for it. It's fine. Anyway, Liam, you sound yeah. like you had more interesting things to say about this one. Yeah, again, the vocals were absolutely incredible. Like Leela James has got something special going on there. It's mental. I, I 100% agree. I, I, one of the, the first thing I wrote down was unique voice, but still, still being soulful, still being a like. Yeah. And then the next bit was. Like sort of passionate, and yet the whole the music feels modern yet classic. You know, what I mean, it's like a, it's mm. adhering to everything that trying to pay homage to, but yeah, doing it in their own way, and it builds up so beautifully, and it becomes actually quite it's sort of quietly epic by the end of it. I feel. Yeah, I just loved every second of it. Absolutely, yeah. No, absolutely. I think you're. I think you are both bloody right with that. I like what you had to say. I get the rockiness, and I think that's the truth bands doing, but that's yeah. fine. They were there also. It wasn't just Leela yeah. James. It wasn't just Leela James, but it you, they didn't like it. It was weird when Spotify didn't even credit the Truth Band. They just had them in the picture, the album cover. Well, they had them in my in my, in my playlist. Oh, did they? Yeah, they had them on mine as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, they must have. I'm just being an arsehole to the Truth Band. You just hate <laughs> Sorry, truth. truth Band. Yeah. Jim, you were right. You you hit the nail on the head there. It adheres and uh, pays homage to the past while sounding fresh and new. Just passion. And that's that's one of the most exciting things when you know like some artists they can they have all their influences sort of blended into their music and they're not really that you know that's not on the forefront. It's just all it's like in the DNA of their stuff. But I like mm. that this was just very much celebrating whilst celebrating in their own way sort of thing. 
Nice, yeah. And I really enjoyed it. And that would definitely be my catch of the week from you this week, 100%. What do you reckon, Liam? I'm, I'm kind of stuck. Um, I really enjoyed Cecile McLaurin's Savant. But I kind of, I think I'm going to go for EJ Hervey. I really did love that one as well. But no, mm-hmm. that third track just fucking, everything about it just aligned for me. So that's the first time so, this has happened with two people who voted for different ones. So do I tiebreak? Is that the easiest way to do this? Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, I don't know. Because my favourite out of the three of them is <laughs> Sixio Lord. So. No, I think, I think they're both really good tunes and really good tracks. Obviously, I chose them. But I am going to side with Liam this week. He's new. He's got the sound that I fucking love anyway. So might as well go with what I love. And he's, yeah, that rawness. Although I I like them all. I love them all equally, you know, but I'm going to, I'll go with Liam. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, no, we'll I really take enjoyed it. Liam, what's your first track this week? Um, so yeah, M-A-G-S or Mags. Brilliant wee track. It kind of brought me back to the kind of indie rock scene a few years ago, probably about in a circa 2013, 2015. It's catchy, it's energetic, and it's a song that you can just get stuck in your head and start whistling as you're going about everyday life. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's just really good indie rock. I'd go back earlier than you went back for the era because I thought it yeah. sounded very much like Feeder or sort of Pigeon Detectives era. I went back Pigeon to Detectives. That. I was thinking that, yeah, I get that. Um, but a lot of earlier Feeder stuff, like early to mid two thousands, I thought it sounded like that. But yeah, it's got a really nice. Yeah, this real it's yeah, you're right, it's good indie rock at its heart. And yeah, it, it works the middle eight as well and it changes and goes down. I really like that bit just to sort of bring you back up to the end. Thought that was good. Mm-hmm. This track felt to me like a very quintessential Liam track because it's fun. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be it's not you don't always put up specifically just fun tracks. I'm not saying that, but like a lot of your tracks have this sort of a joyous nature running through it yeah like very more often than not your ones have this sort of upbeat indie kind of feel to them and i think this one was just a very good example of that very yeah just a lot of fun really more than anything that's the word that i would use to describe it and i love that dougal was explaining that uh, that middle eight bit was it middle eight or yeah yeah middle eight um yeah, I've... explain a middle eight to us what what is the middle eight uh it's your bit so in like uh I don't know, traditional uh, songwriting um, structure. You've got your verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight, verse, chorus, or something like that. It's just the mm-hmm. bit that doesn't sound like the rest of it. That sort of changes it up, and it can hook people in. It can build up to a climax. It can do something totally different. And it could be could be wrong. If anyone's got a proper description of the differences between bridges and middle eights, then uh, go onto our Facebook and slag us off about it for not knowing it. But yeah, no, Mag's like, it's it's just it's you're right. It's just fun. It's good. I don't know. It's just it's a, it's, a, it's a sound that I've not heard for a while. With when I got like that sort of two thousands alt rock sound, I'll agree with you there. It's a sound that I haven't heard anyone new doing in quite a while. You know, that's just good stuff. And uh, moving on to track two, Liam, what you got for us? Track two was Caliucci's uh, After the Storm what a smooth song like it is it's just it just it's just very very smooth it's uh you can see bootsy collins i had to explain to Dougal and jim earlier who bootsy collins was but he is 
Uh, he used to go about with James Brown, and he was in um, that band that I've forgotten the name of now, Parliament, Parliament, uh, Funkadelic. Um, it's funky, it's got some soul, the harmonies in it are brilliant. It's a feel-good song. And then you've got Tyra the Creator with a nice little feature that slots in nicely and doesn't really interrupt the flow, but like kind of brings in a little something different to the song. And then the bridge, or the middle eight, it's just a sweet little break, and it's almost it's almost quite airy. Just kind of makes you feel a bit floaty, and then goes back into the kind of funk that it had going before that. The bassy rhythms of this uh, reminded me of sort of Sugar Hill Gang, very early hip hop going on in there. It's a genre journey, is what I put. <laughs> I think because it does it has a few different bits and bobs going on. Yeah, it's got a clean sound to it. I think it's not my type of music. The creator bloke, I'm not a fan of his. I don't like him. Tyler, the creator. <laughs> uh, big old Bootsy Collins, loving it. Good. <laughs> I like Bootsy, but uh, Tyler, the creator, is not my cup of tea. And I think that's fine, because I think it does do what it's doing well. It's just not my type of music. So when I fir- when it first started, I thought, I really like the song. It's style over substance, and it's not apologising for it. And it's fucking great. But I started to lose interest about halfway through, to be honest with you, mate. It just it just didn't work for me. Uh, I just felt like there was a lot of different things going on that didn't complement each other well for me. Yeah, I didn't hate it at all. There was lots of things I liked about it, but as a whole, didn't really like it. Again, sorry, <laughs> both your second tracks didn't really wow me. Um, which isn't which isn't to say they're bad, obviously, because look at me. I I, I I liked the way it started, and I liked there were so many different sort of elements to it I don't know like there was a certain I don't know I think there was a vision there and I think that it was it was very very much felt like someone who knew a bunch of people saying oh yeah I like all these guys let's get them all on this one track it didn't really make much impact on me but it's not to say that you know in a few weeks time I might come back to you and say that song's fucking amazing I actually get it now it might click but as of now I did I did expect I did expect you guys to not quite um get the same kind of feeling as me because i know that this is not your kind of you guys kind of like regular kind of listening material yeah i know i know tyler the creator's definitely not up your guys kind of street but i think <laughs> i think, I think did, you think he's rubbish <laughs> i'll say it yeah don't like him holy shit <laughs> dougal and what's his name tyler man on yeah, man right. fight to the death dougal if... come out with the, the brass tax yeah. the brass tax <laughs> <laughs> I think if Tyler, the creator, wants to write a diss track, that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) We could have a we could have a battle, which would be lovely. Mm. No, it's just I don't I don't I I don't know. I want to say I don't see eye to eye with him, but I've never met him. Don't know what he thinks about anything. I can't say that. I just don't like his music. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell! (laughs) Sorry. Oh, oh no, that's going to be awful to listen to tomorrow, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, the, the the song, it's, yeah, it's fine. It's got some nice, nice elements in there. So is, uh, is Caliucci's the, the lassie singing then? Caliucci's is a vocalist. Excellent, she's yes. very good. Got a lovely voice, really husky, really nice. Sort of a bit going back to her, because she's my fave, but uh, Macy Gray-esque, bit of Macy Gray popping in there. I had Macy yep. Gray in my head when I was doing this, so everything sounds like it in my head today. <laughs> All right, YouTube video of the week, Macy Gray, I try. 
Well, I I enjoyed that, and as I say, like there was so many, you know, you know, it, I sound like I'm talking about it as if it was like a ninety minute film or whatever, but it it did it did have so many different, it almost had like different scenes in it, even though it was one sort mm-hmm. of song, mm-hmm. and it's it just it's just for me it was just a little bit jarring, but I'm not I'm you know, by no means saying it's bad, and I did enjoy it was interesting, you know what I mean. Liam, what would be the third track? My final pick for today is Michael Kiwanuka's Final Days. It's something else, isn't it? It is. His his music is his music in my eyes is almost kind of cinematic, like the way it goes like throughout the track. This track in particular, though, the piano is outstanding. The drums are fantastic. The the kind of chorusy chords that are kind of played throughout, and then the strings behind that. I don't know. It kind of adds something, kind of like like a kind of ethereal element to the song. Is it ethereal or ephemeral? What one am I thinking ethereal. of? Ethereal. That's the one I'm going for. Um, and then you've got these kind of fatalist lyrics that might you might see from like Tom York or Damon Albarn, and I don't know. It's kind of like that. Is there's this regret of living in these kind of desperate end of times that he's singing about, but I don't know. This kind of so- the song kind of makes me feel like there's kind of like some hope and we're going to get through it for a pretty mo- melancholic song. It sounds kind of hopeful. God, man, I don't you know. really, you really thesaurused up your bit there, didn't you? I there's did, some didn't decent I? words coming out there, not stunning ones. Stunning <laughs> and wild are out the window. But yeah, I don't know. Like, even though the song's like a couple years old, and I think it's probably more relevant than ever, isn't it? It's retro futuristic. Wow. John Liam taking the fucking God. the crown not the crown there was never a crown but <laughs> yeah uh, no Liam uh, this was definitely my catch of the week from yours hands down uh, obviously again just love his voice and my notes here I've got the mix of soul and folk simple music that complements well and the simplicity that's done well is just so much better than or the opposite you know trying to make things too grand or too intricate and it not working out I just felt like this had so many beautiful elements in it. It was kind of, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was beautiful, beautiful, stunning, and wild. Yeah, but um, yeah, I thought I think my favorite part of the song, weirdly enough, is the first minute because it takes its time to develop. What we get is we get a soundscape of all these different elements building up towards the start. Now, like it, to listen to a song that's produced in the last few years and to actually take. A minute and 20 seconds to build anything before you start yeah. is something that you're not necessarily going to hear. You might hear coming in, you might get instrumental at the start for a while, but you don't get this build up. It, it becomes almost euphoric rock as it sort of builds up and grows. Um, and it just, yeah, it's a soundscape. Uh, I, as Jim uh, likes to say, it's a journey. It's a, such um, a big journey, man. Yeah, it's a joyous, it's a joyous sound that's developed and built through. I had a thought, and I don't know why I was thinking this with some of your tracks, Liam, but I had a thought in a filmic way again, what mm-hmm. it would be in, and I thought, mm-hmm. in real life, I'm in a spa when I'm listening to this, but in a film, it's a really artistic sex scene that this is over the top of, I hear. <laughs> um, and then I thought, if the room was done well, if it was directed by someone good, this song over the top of those gratuitous seven-minute sex scenes would work perfectly. Yeah. And I don't know I mean, why, like, because you guys are speaking about heartbreak and how beautiful it is, and I'm going, well, sex scene, though. No? Like, who's not here at that? Well, well, yeah, it's just, it's, I, well, we all do sex differently, don't we? It's not, it's, it just... Someone, it, some of us last for seven minutes. 
Who has time for that? <laughs> I'm watching you know Scrams what? Again. Becky is a lucky woman. No, she's not. <laughs> she's really settled. I don't know what she's doing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to agree with Jim on this one for your catch of the week and give it to Michael. That's your cat. That's the, our song from yours this week, Liam. Well done. I'm going to take two Good pick, seconds guys. Good pick. And be back because Ali's came home. I should go and say hello and refresh myself. Okay, I'm going to choose my own track today. My first track. Jim, no, you're not. Jim, what's your first track? My first track is. Jim, what's your first track? What's tracking in, Jim? Trickety track. What's the? I'm going another beer. Fuck you. Fucking <laughs> 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 love you guys. Wait. So Jim, what's your first track? Jim. Sorry. What is your first track? My first track this week is "My Lover's Prayer" by Otis Redding. Now I'm a huge fan of '60s music in general, but of soul music specifically. And I think Otis Redding is probably the best, one of the best, certainly among them. Uh, the the weight and passion that he gives his performances are outstanding. And a word that you know I like are undeniable. This song in particular is very powerful, very, very emotional. It features in an episode of Sopranos from season two called From Where to Eternity. And it's, that's quite an emotionally charged episode. And this song just fits in there beautifully, tugs at the heartstrings. There isn't too much more to say about that. Yeah, I no, I do like it, and I agree with what you say that little else needs to be said. No, I mean Otis Redding, like he is gravelly voices, like the silkiest, smoothest gravelly, uh, gravelly voice that I've ever heard. I could listen for days. This track in particular just put me in. I was trying, I was trying to word this properly. But I don't think I don't think I can find any other way to say it. But this track in particular just put me in the the heroin scene from Train Yeah, that's what I was picturing when I was thinking about folding into the the carpet into the into the floor. Yeah, that's what listening to this song feels like to me. Not that I've ever done heroin. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's, it's like it's a musical trance you get put into when you're listening to this. Yeah, it's just like. It's almost like a cheat to put it up because one, it's not a particularly. Like, it's not like it's an unknown song. Most people know it. It's, it's just like a. It's Otis Redding was Otis Redding was my my version of Dougal's Neil Young. Like it was only like three years ago that I heard "Sitting on the Docks of the Bay" oh, really? for the first time. Yeah, but like you I missed that. I thought they, I thought they pumped that into like primary schools, or, like nurseries. It's like no, you can't never live your life it. without hearing it. Wow, that's amazing. I think people um, don't know his name when they people don't like people know the song sitting on the dock of the bay but so many people don't know his name when we used to do like pub quizzes when i used to um work in a pub or work the <laughs> sitting on the dock of the bay showed up quite a lot and you just watch idiots scrambling going oh who did that oh it's reading come on you should know this go and fucking look it up you prick <laughs> Don't look it up in a quiz though, because that would be cheating. Yeah, don't cheat in pub quizzes. Yeah, I think everything's like so cut and auto tuned and like kind of edited nowadays, and it's kind of difficult to find that kind of natural voice that kind of flows in and out around the music, like around the instruments and all that. 
which is 100% what Otis Redden's voice does. It's just, it's so natural. Right. I don't think it is. It feels like that when he was recording these, these songs and this song as well, in particular, that he just did it and there was no kind of like sitting there kind of like trying to work out what the timing was and all that. He just sang. It's what I love about all these tracks that Jim's put up, I think. They've all got this similar sort of the production of these sort of tracks from early before there was all the technology and stuff. It just, I love it. I love the sound of it. I think it just gives you, it gives, it makes the music have something more by giving it less, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, it just goes back to the same thing. I always make a sort of, you know, like a cooking analogy in this sort of thing. It's like, you know, you can have three, make something simple but perfect. You know, use what you have to its fullest advantage or you can have all the bells and whistles, all the technology in the world and end up creating something shit. Like, generally speaking, things are at their best mm-hmm. when it's the simple elements that come together. And I think that is no more exemplified than in soul music Liam what's it Liam no don't worry about it <laughs> Jim what's the second one no shut up Jim what's your second no, I want to introduce no, I want to no, no you it. don't alright fine Jim what's your second track thank you very much for asking Liam and can I say thank you again for asking in such a pleasant voice right my second song is called My World is Empty Without You by the Supremes now that's another soul track as you can, as you can probably tell, just you know, before I got a bit more educated on music, I, I didn't listen to too much. But one thing that's always been around is soul music, sixties music, and soul music, and Supremes has been one of those bands that I've always listened to. And I don't know why I picked this song in particular. I think it's because I tried to learn it on the guitar once. Well, and I did learn it because it's quite a simple song, and a lot of these songs are actually quite simple. You know, their their structure. And the layout is quite simple, but it's just done so well. Not to say that, obviously, this music isn't really technically adept, because of course it is, but it's something about just letting the melodies do the work and the performances do the job. And you know, Otis Redding and the Supremes were probably the best at that. The Supremes managed to you know, go like, incorporate other genres quite fluidly, and they were rivaling the Beatles, you know, chart-wise, I think, as we were talking about. You know, so I think... It's easy to forget how big and how good they were because you sort of you feel there's a, not a cheesiness to them, but a slight sort of you know a slightly poppy vibe. But um, I was reading an article or something that said you know we shouldn't let that diminish the diminish the achievement of what that band managed to do. And I completely agree with that. Just uh, absolutely fucking outstanding. Excellent. Uh, I, this is a good song. <laughs> What really got me was sort of this smooth, soulful vocals that are sitting in front of this high octane, sort of energetic um, music in the background. The drums, especially, very high octane, and they totally juxtapose the vocals to create yeah. this just sort of it's like an enticing sound. It just creates. Well, it's, well, it's, the, it's the Phil, it's, it's the Phil Spector wall of sound thing. Yeah, it's that yeah. whole sort of era. It's it's quite an upbeat rhythm, um, but the lyrics are quite somber. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's actually one of the things I meant to talk about before I got too shit faced, <laughs> and then forgot everything I wanted. Because I've been listening to this song for so long and love this band for so long, 
I've just for, I've just thought if they would come to me as soon as I started speaking to them. But <laughs> I'm glad you guys pointed it out. And that's something that that band and and the Renettes and bands like that managed to do so well was take like like my world is empty without you. Like that sentiment of you know being pretty depressed that the person they love isn't around anymore, but then making it sound so upbeat it, it it creates a very unique kind of heady kind of concoction of emotions and but the music never lets up it never really stops obviously it does it does have a bridge or a middle eight it has eight bridges and ten middles you know it doesn't <laughs> that's just bollocks um but you know, uh, uh, it does have that yeah. sort of like that breakdown where it builds itself back up again and then punches you back into the same chorus you've heard but it just Oh, that's amazing. When I was just doing a little bit more research about the Supremes, um, they are America's most successful vocal group. Yeah. Still to this day. And so, you know, I did a quick Google, so I typed in America's most successful vocal group. And straight away, it was just the Supremes. That's the thing. That is another point I want to try and get to. I know we're running really fucking long, but that was another point I want to try and make was that bands that like i was saying that they're a band they're not a band they're a group of singers the band was something else the idea of a band was around at that time and it was but it was just starting to emerge it was singers predominantly first you know i mean and then the idea of a band came later but i think that it's that that kind of music that kind of setup i just really like because it was all about singers and the passion and how much you could emote in your voice which now it's something. Well, you know, think about bands now. You can have singers that aren't particularly talented vocally, aren't great singers, don't have good voices, aren't great singers, but they bring an energy to it, and then the band backs them up, and it just always works. It's like a remedy for everything. It always works. So, Jim, what's your what's the last track? Oh, who gives a fuck? Yeah, we're talking for fucking ages. Um, <laughs> I'll try and keep mine to five minutes a track. <laughs> remember when you said that? <laughs> what last year? Yeah, I remember that. I'm yeah. sorry. I, well, I thought mine would be the one, the quickest ones to talk about. But it's interesting. So no, what's your third track? Come on. All right. So my third song this week is "Hound Dog on My Trail" by Robert Johnson. Now, a lot of you'll probably know the legend of Robert Johnson, but if not, I'll just briefly go over it. Essentially. Rob Johnson was from the Mississippi, the Mississippi, the one and only, um, in the sort of 20s and 30s, he wanted to be a blues musician and he went out and he gave it a go and he wasn't particularly great and the legend goes that he went away for a year, met a man, a figure at a crossroads, sold his soul to become the best blues player of all time, came back and basically altered the the landscape of music in a, in a very substantial way you know and his, his influence is still felt now you know it went from people like Muddy Waters, B.B. King and like Keith Richards and that's you know permeated everything since really so no mean feat whatsoever I mean no no small feat I don't know how big his feet were so what's fascinating about Robert Johnson is all these myths that surround him now I'm not into the paranormal or the supernatural anything like that so I don't believe he did sell his soul to the devil but what is interesting about it is the fact that he he went away and one year later came back as this you know, as revolutionised the way the guitar was played 
and I'd love to be able to tell you technically what that was about but I don't know much about it to be honest the amount of unnecessary <laughs> background we're getting in these stories fantastic that's quite interesting because like we've, we've been talking about conceptual albums and all that I mean he only wrote or recorded 29 songs before he died so you've got this Hellhound one you've got the Crossroads song and all that kind of feels like there's a con- a concept throughout the songs that he did record and even if the myth wasn't real that throughout his songs he maybe wrote this as a kind of like concept but no I get, I get what you're saying like there's so much so many songs that allude to this sort of thing this deal that he made which obviously I can't believe in because it's not true he may well have felt like he was participating in a ritual and maybe the fact that he did participate in it maybe made him feel like a placebo effect that he was being gifted by the devil. Again, don't believe that. But it doesn't detract from like the lyrical content of his songs. And if you if you buy yeah. into it, I think it's it's a great ride to go <laughs> on, man. It's it but it's it's sinister and it stays with you. Yeah, well I'm familiar with Robert Johnson's work. Um I think I think I first kinda of heard about him through the film Crossroads, which is a brilliant film. Everyone should watch that. Ralph Macchio versus Steve Vai on the guitar. Brilliant. Hey, uh, yeah, but Robert Johnson's work, his, his contribution to the blues is staggering. It's, he, he, like Jim always says, that there's like, tracks that are, like, are artists that are undeniable. However, knowing some of the tracks, and well, knowing a few, uh, like, quite a few of his tracks, I find this one quite abrasive. I'm going to agree with you 100%. And that was what I meant to say right at the top of this but I love some of his other I, but the reason why I chose that one is because of the that haunting element I always feel of it well imagine mm. if there was imagine if he knew he only had 10 years to do everything with all these powers that he's been given knowing full well that he's going to get attacked and dragged down to hell by this beast do, do, I, do I say something? Is that where we are? Nah, that, that, that would be good right uh, yeah. it's, no it's good it's Really, I I'm not familiar with Robert Johnson at all. Totally missed him, which is interesting. I know the stories of selling your soul to the devil. Never knew where that came from. This guy, very interesting. It's dirty blues. It's just it's awesome. And I think the 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 vocals aren't great on this track. To be perfectly honest, Atrocious. in my mind, I don't. Yeah, I think they're they're pretty bad. But that's fine because how the guitar is played here. Uh, how I've wrote this down is this is not how it's meant to be played it's how it is actually meant to be played like this is how a guitar should sound Hmm. this is what you should do with it that's what I think that's what blues is and it's just amazing and I love the hazy background of the recording it's got like it just yeah I love tracks that like I said when we were speaking about the last couple like the sort of older recordings Fucking stop remastering shit. Give me the original with that shit, horrendous haze in the background because I love that shit. I'll eat that shit for breakfast. It's great. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> you eat hazy shit for breakfast? And I, and, yes, and I will again. Unapologetically. Nice. Unapologetically. And that's my bit on this. What song out of Jim's three would you pick as your favourite, Liam? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go for Otis Redden. Yeah? Otis Redden, yeah. Okay. Like I love, I love the Supremes, and I've got a very, very big respect, and I do, I do love a lot of uh, uh, Robert Johnson's stuff. But I, again, I feel, I felt 
this song particularly was a wee bit abrasive. But Otis Redding just got me in the got me right in the feels, as I used to say when I was younger. Jim, you're gonna have to decide between us because I think I'm gonna go. I had no idea until right this second which one I was gonna go for because they're all great and none like they're all brilliant, but none of them leap out as my favorite. Like weirdly, but I think after like learning a bit about the myth. And just the way the guitar sounds, Robert Johnson's my favourite of yours for this week. Alright, um, I'm not a huge fan of the saying in this song, so I'm going to have to go for Otis Redding, <laughs> because it is an immaculate masterpiece, which doesn't... It does, it, immaculate, but not in a pristine kind of everything's fine way. Immaculate in a, yeah. in a sense that music does not get any better than that, so... What's the three picks this week then? From mine, it was EJ Harvey. From yours, Liam, it was Michael Kiwanuka. And then from Jim's, it was Otis Redding. Um, I would have said the names of the tracks, but I don't have them in front of me, so I can't remember them. Which one, what do you guys think is the best out of those for our catch of the week? Uh, Robert Johnson. Out of your guys, out of your two, I would definitely pick, uh, go for Liam's one. Uh, track three, whatever that was. Yeah, Michael Kiwanuka. Michael Kiwanuka for Liam, yep, definitely. Who are you going to go for, Liam? I was going to go for, is it EJ Harvey? EJ Harvey. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for EJ Harvey. Uh, it was just, it was nice to just hear something new and up and coming. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to vote for my own track because you can. I can't. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't want to. I want to vote for Michael Kiwanuka. There we go. And I, yeah, just because it's a journey of a song. A man like the likes of Otis Redding should win all day long, but we do this to promote new artists. And but just something like it's different, oh. it's fresh, and it's a revitalizing song. So we're doing that one. But well done to well, both of you. The tracks were fucking awesome this week. Yeah, so I mean, we've kind of we've listened to a very very eclectic taste tonight. There's been a lot of different sounds. Album recommendation: Michael Kiwanuka's full album. Um, it is just it's a it's a masterpiece from start to finish. I would also, if we're not not an album recommended, because I agree with that, and he doesn't have an album, but find EJ Harvey on Spotify and give him a wee. Uh, follow, listen to his all of his other stuff as well. He doesn't have an album, but he's got some good shit going on. Yeah, let, let's get him producing more stuff from the influx of the 15 people that potentially are listening to this yeah. episode right um, now. Yeah, and while you're subscribing <laughs> to him, yeah, subscribe to subscribe to Tunaboot. Yeah, th- thank you very much, guys. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I'll be Liam. Yeah, Diggle. Jim. Yep. Yeah. Bye. I like big podcasts and I can't delay. Should I be? Skish, skish, <laughs> belush, motherfuckers. <laughs>